Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. say this is a pretty emotional day for us here because we've been on this long journey of expanding our our property and and our facility and today is the first step by us moving back here that you actually see that we've been doing some work (laughs) and that they begin the renovation tomorrow on our um, on our other uh, sanctuary main or actually our east campus what we're calling that and I just want to tell you, you know what God has been so good and, you know, on this journey, if you've been with us on this journey, it has just been amazing what God is doing. Can we just give God a hand for all the good things that he's done here at SEC? <clears throat> so today, um, as we get started, I want to just share with you that we're, we're in a series called Game Changer. And it's so amazing. And before I go any further, I've got to tell you that we have a, uh, some people meeting upstairs. We call that the upper room. So everybody in the upper room, I'm talking to you right now. So can we all give the people in the upper room a big hand? Thank you so much. So when you hear me say, okay, you guys in the upper room, you know I'm talking about the people upstairs. I'm talking to you guys. So today as we get started, again, I'm talking to, uh, uh, we're in this series called Game Changer. I am... Um, I am a football fan. I like watching football. And I have become, I'm not normally, so I've got to clarify this because some of you are going to throw something at me, all right? So I'm trying to pick it right here, what I'm going to say. But I have uh, become an Eagles fan in the last couple of weeks. I know, see there? That's right. I knew it was coming. Just don't throw anything, all right? And the reason I have is because, you know, of course, the Eagles last year, the story was that, you know, their quarterback got injured last year. And the last three uh, games, Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, come in. He's a Christian guy. He's going to be a youth pastor when he gets out of, uh, gets, when he finishes with football, he says. But he had to come in and fill in those last three games. And needless to say, it was miraculous. He led them to the Super Bowl championship, and it should have never happened. Well, this year, the Eagles, again, have their regular starting quarterback, and this guy has the backup quarterback position. And so he's playing backup again. Even though he won the, the Super Bowl, he's still backup. So this, they're having a mediocre season. Matter of fact, the last game they played in the mid- middle of the season and their quarterback got injured again, everybody says, okay, the Eagles are not going to make the playoffs this year. But they called old St. Nick. So Nick come in. Again, he was called to come back in. And he has led them to three victories. And last weekend, I watched the game, and they played the Bears. And the Bears were supposed to kill them. I mean, the Eagles were the underdog. But old St. Nick again. Come, in, come down to the... To, like there was only a minute and a half left in the game. He let him down, and sure enough, he threw a pass to a guy who he sidearmed, threw a pass to a guy. He caught it in the end zone, 
and all of a sudden the Eagles are leading. It's amazing. It's a two-point lead. 50 seconds left in the game. The Eagles kick off. The Bears catch the ball, and they return the ball all the way back to the 50-yard line. It's like, oh, no, it's not going to happen. And so the Bears get up, and they move, advance the ball a few more yards. It's a 43-yard field goal attempt. It's every day for a kicker in the NFL. He gets up, and the, the kicker gets up there to end the game. He gets up. There's like three seconds left on the clock. He kicks a field goal, and it goes right through the uprights. But there's a game changer. The coach on the eagle called timeout right before the ball was snapped. The game changer. So he ices the kicker. No problem. He just made it, right? So the kicker gets back up. There's no time left on the clock. And he kicks the ball again. And it goes soaring through the air. It's, it's just flipping through the air. And it hits the upright on the left side. And it bounces. Then it falls to the middle of the field goal. It's right in, so it falls to the middle and it bounces on the middle post twice. And then it falls back the other way. The Eagles win. <laughs> and then what I'm telling you is that the game changer, the game changer was that call the coach made. And I want to tell you that there's a lot of things that we need to learn spiritually about game changers. And, and one of those is this is that I, was, I want you to take a journey with me. Just for the next few moments, we're going to step back in time. And we're going to put ourselves, you've got to travel with me, we're going to put ourselves in the, in, the, in the places of Jesus' followers called disciples, his closest companions. And we, we're walking along, and there's a guy saying, hey, your taxes are due. And Jesus looks at you, okay, he looks at you and says, okay, I want you to do this, to pay our tax. I want you to go down, and I want you to catch a fish. And I'm sure that you're thinking like those guys were thinking, hey, listen, I can catch the largest fish in that water, but that fish is not going to pay our taxes. Jesus said, catch the first fish, and when, you, when you're taking the hook out of his mouth, look in his mouth. And sure enough, you do it. You catch your first fish, you bring it in and say, okay, this is a nice one, and you go to take the hook out of his mouth, and you look, and there is a gold coin right there. It's enough to pay all of the disciples' taxes. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine that? I mean, like, whoa. Then, then, then we stroll on up. Now, now, begin to visualize this. We're on the side of a mountain. It's a grassy sort of a meadow below us. And Jesus is up here talking. And we go down into the meadow. And there's thousands of people there that are listening to Jesus. And Jesus looks at you. He looks right at you and says, okay, feed them. And you have what you have right now. Maybe a peppermint in your pocket or something. You know, I don't know. You have nothing. And you say, how are we supposed to feed these people? You begin to ask that question. And then all of a sudden you look over and there's a little boy over there who's brought his sack lunch. And he has two fish and five little loaves of bread. And you say, give me that boy. <laughs> and you get that and you take it to Jesus. You say, look, this is all we got. We're not feeding them today. And Jesus said, okay. You pass it out. And as you and 11 or more of your friends begin to pass that out, as you begin to pass the bread out, you break the bread, you give it, and when you go back to break the bread again, it's there. It's like you never pinched it off before. And, and this little fish, as soon as you pinch off a piece of fish and you give it to someone else, it's grown right back. And before you know it, you have fed 5,000 people besides the women and children. You have just done a miracle. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine that? And then... We leave there. 
We're walking down a dusty, one of those old dusty desert roads, and, and we're sort of overwhelmed by that miracle. And all of a sudden, we notice something. We see a little dust ahead of us, and it's a big caravan of people just walking in a single file line. And we're wondering, what are they doing? And we get closer, and we realize it's a funeral procession in place. And, and we're thinking, okay, we're going to be respectful, and we're going to just bow our heads and, and let them walk on by. But no, Jesus walks right up and stops the whole procession. And we're like, Jesus, no, you, you might have forgot it. We don't do that. You know, you will get hurt for doing that. We don't do that. And Jesus asks him, what are you doing? And he begins to talk to the people, and they get tired of putting the cat, carrying the cats. They sit it down, and they say, listen, we're in the middle of a funeral procession. We're going to, this boy has died. His mother's right here, her, her only son, and he has died. And Jesus opens up the casket lid. And you're standing there, and you're like, what is he doing? Why, why is he doing this? What is he doing? And then all of a sudden, he reaches in and grabs the hand of the mother's only son. And he gets up out of that casket and walks. See, Jesus didn't do good at funerals. Now, I don't know about you, but after I see that, after you just saw that, and I said, I don't know. I'm thinking, wow. And I'm thinking of some questions I got for Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking I want some of that. I, I want that. Give, I think when I begin to ask him for the greatest thing, I think I'm going to say, give me that power. I want to be able to do that. Amen. Wouldn't you? Amen. But something, see, there's something. The disciples, the followers of Jesus, they didn't ask for that. They didn't ask for great power to raise people from the dead. They didn't ask for great preaching power where, where he, they could share God's word and thousands of people. Come. They didn't ask for that. But they did ask for one thing. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. See, they made a connection between his prayer and his power. And in your life today, I want to tell you, in your life, I want to, there is a connection between your prayer and God's power. That's the way it's happened. So today, you see the title on your outline is coming on the screen as well. I want you to say this with me. You ready? Come on, let's say it. You ready? Prayer is, prayer is a game changer. It changes everything. And today you have, the, you, have the, you have the potential for the power of God through your prayer. And so this morning, the question is, we know that prayer is a game changer, but the question is, how do we pray? Because, listen, we want to know how to pray. How do we access that kind of power? And so I want to give you three things today to do that. So are you ready? You got your outline ready? So how to pray. Number one, would you write this down? Oh, let me give you, before you write that down, I got to give you the verse. Hold on, I about got ahead of myself. I got so excited. Matthew, look what it says. Jesus teaches it right here. Matthew 5 and 6, he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received the reward in full, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not... Keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words, but do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now, let's break this down. So, number one, you ready? How to pray. How to pray, number one. Write this down. Pray honestly. Pray honestly. 
Jesus tells us in this passage, so we're going to look at it again. Look at the first part of this passage. It's in your outline. It says this. And when you pray, now you read what's underlined. And let's emphasize the last word that's underlined. You ready? Come on. Let's read it. Do not be like the hypocrites. Do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. So I have a question for you. Do you like fake people? Do you like fake friends? No, we don't like fake. Matter of fact, another word for hypocrite is fake. Would you agree with that? I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been a hypocrite? Because I have. Now, I know, I know when I say that, you get a little nervous. The pastor's saying he's been a hypocrite. Oh, yes, I have. Because I've tried to be something I'm not. When I started pastoring this church years ago, I was a very young man, young man with a head full of hair. Look what y'all have done to me. I am ugly in a way. <laughs> I heard you laughing in the upper room. But what I want to say is that, you know, I was like, I wanted to be this great preacher, a communicator. And so I would hear people, apparently they wasn't satisfied with the way I was sharing the good news. So they'd say, oh, have you heard that preacher on television? I said, who? They said, John Hagee. And so I started watching John Hagee. And I determined, determined that I was going to be John Hagee. John Hagee, the only problem with that, John Hagee is what's called a manuscript speaker. He reads every word that he's going to say, he writes it down, and, he, and he, it's, a, it's a miracle how he can do it. He can read it and communicate, look up and look down one eye, read and look at you with another one. <laughs> and somehow it's good. I mean, it's like amazing. How does this guy do this? So I set out for a couple of months. I said, okay, I'm going to be John Hagee. So I got my Bible. I got my pages of notes, and I started going. <laughs> the Lord's, the Lord's, and I looked just like that. Ridiculous. But I did it for several months. And then that wasn't working. I think Rhonda said, Jeff, you need to straighten your eyes up. <laughs> and then I moved from there. I said, okay, there's another pastor in the Atlanta area. His name was Paul Walker. And he, the way he spoke was he spoke from memory. He memorized every, every word he was going to say. He memorized 40 scriptures. He would quote 40 scriptures every sermon. And so I thought, okay. So I would spend all week, I mean up late at night, memorizing scripture. Like, okay, I got this. And so I would get up, and I'd get in a big way of, and I'd get talking faster. I'd say, God's word said, and, and you know, and Jonah built that ark. <laughs> and Noah in the belly of that whale. If you're not familiar with Scripture, that is a contradiction. It's, it's neither one of them. I would, say, I would say things like, you know, Judas wouldn't hang himself. Go and do likewise. <laughs> There's two Scriptures, but they're just crossed, you know. I mean, I, people look at me like, huh? I said, that ain't working. Again, Rhonda helped me with that. I didn't say it. She's like, Jeff, everybody's confused. We'd come home from church, she'd turn on a television preacher. <laughs> I got to get something. <laughs> and that's where I saw the next one. T.D. Jakes. 
Oh, buddy. Now, he is, if the first one was a manuscript preacher, the other one was a memorization preacher, this guy's a dramatized preacher. Oh, he'd say something like this. And I try to memorize his, his lines. You know, he'd say, I want to tell you, I want to tell you right now, right now, right now, right now. I want to tell you right now, right now, right now. Ladies, I'm going to, God's in this room. God's in this room. Ladies, right now, he's in this room. Ladies, I'm going to tell you, God is so close to you. He's between your makeup and your skin. <laughs> but I said, see, I had to be original. I said, God's so close to you, he's between your skin and your deodorant. <laughs> and Rhonda's like, no. She goes home, turns on the TV, preacher. So what I want to tell you is that I've been a fake. And, and here's the sad part. The reason I love the people that started out with us so many times, because they endured all of that. The people that's been here for 20 years, God, they, God bless them. I'm telling you, when somebody says, I've been here 20 years, you just know now, oh, God bless you. Because <laughs> if you would have been there, you'd be like, heck no, I ain't coming to that. <laughs> and so here's what I want you to know. Any friendship, any relationship that I have to have, that I have to fake it until I make it, is no good. Amen. Any relationship that I've got, any relationship that I have, that I have to fake it until I make it, is no good especially my relationship with God. And that's what we all try to do. We try to fake it with God. We try to fake it until we make it, and it never works out. And so today what I want to share with you is this, is this story of, in Habakkuk. Look what it says. This is how we pray. We pray honestly, and look what he says. This is in the Bible. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence. I cry, but you do not come to save. <laughs> Boy, he's talking to God straight, isn't he? Must I forever see the sin and misery all around me? Wherever I look, I see destruction, violence. I am surrounded by people who love to what? Oh, he just took a chapter out of my life. And yours too, right? And so we have to learn to pray honestly. There's a guy in our church who shared this with me. It's his life story, and he told me I could share it with you. He struggled with alcohol really bad, really bad. He said about 15 years ago, he said, yeah, it was destroying me, destroying my family, and I didn't know what to do. And he drove heavy equipment. And he said one morning he went up on his on the job, and he climbed up on the piece of machinery, a bulldozer that he ran. He said, I closed the door to the cab, and I just dropped my head and said, God, I can't do anything about this alcohol. Help me. I need your help. God, I, I'm losing my life. I'm losing my family. Help me. He said, and then he, he started the machine up with tears in his eyes. And he began driving, and he noticed as, a, as he was doing that that a little a white truck went by with a little emblem on it that said county inspector. And he remembered at that moment that they did not have a permit for that job that he was doing. He thought, oh, no, dear God, they see, they're going to they're gonna get me. And so sure enough, it, it goes on by, He's, you know, and he said, a little while later, he sees it drive by again. He goes, oh, God, oh, you know. And then the, he said, a little while later, that little white truck pulls right up on that job site. He, he said, oh, no. Now this, you know, I'm not going to be able to work. So he shut his machinery down. He got off of it. He went to see the inspector. He said, he said listen, I'm sorry. He said, that permit, we have it. It's just not on the job. And that guy said, I'm not here to talk about that. You're the one. He said, you're the one I'm looking for. He said, what do you mean? He said, you've been praying, God help me, I struggle with alcohol. Mm -hmm. 
and I need help. He said, man, what are you talking about? He said, you're scaring me. He said, I'm telling you, I heard God say when I was driving by that you was the one that I need to talk to you because you were struggling with alcohol. And that man, that day, led him to Jesus Christ, helped him get into a church, and helped him get into a recovery program. And, and that's been 15 years ago, and the man's been dry ever since. Because God hears honest prayers, amen? He hears honest prayers. He hears honest prayers. Okay, so I have a Jeffism, all right? You know what a Jeffism is? It's something stupid Jeff makes up. That's what it is. The reason I do that is because you can't get it out of your head. It's the more stupid it is, the more you're like, man, get that out of me. Okay, you ready for it? It's coming up on the screen, and I want you to read it with me. You ready? Come on. This is how we communicate honestly. Ready? Let's read it together. You ready? Be the real deal when you make your God spiel. Yeah. Did I say that right? Okay, I said it wrong, didn't I? I don't even know my ism, all right? Let's try it again together. You ready? Come on, let's try it again. Let's, let me try to read it. This is the way I got it. You ready? Let me, let's see what you're looking at. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Let's do it together. Be the real deal when you when you make your spiel to God. I was saying make your spiel. Oh, never mind. I don't know what I was saying. So I messed that up so bad, you're really going to remember it, right? So be the real deal when you make your spiel to God. Don't, don't fake it till you make it. Be honest. God can take that. Okay, so the second thing I'd like to share with you is this, is to, is to pray continually, pray continually. That's how we pray. Now, before I go any further in this point, I want to share this with you, is that you can never be real if, you don't have, if you're not really living. Jesus Christ helps you become the real deal. Matter of fact, if you do not have Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior, then you're not the real you. And you can never be the real you until you do that. And so we have a prayer inside of our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower that you can pray. And when you pray it, what we ask you to do is we don't ask you to stand up, raise your hand or anything. On this card, we ask you just to check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. And you're here today because God's been talking to you just like he's talking to that man on that bulldozer. And you're here today to do that. So just check the box. Okay. So pray continue. Look what Jesus says. Matthew 6 and 7, Jesus says, And when you pray, now you've got to read what's underlined and emphasize the last word. Okay, you ready? You ready? Oh, boy. Some of you are going to put that on your mirror, aren't you? you got somebody's cubicle at work, you're going to put that on. Some of you are going to go buy somebody's locker at school, and you're going to put that, that verse on there, right? So, and when you pray, you read your part again. You ready? Come on. Do not keep on bagging, babbling like the pagans, for they, for, for they think they will be heard because of their what? There are many words. Now, again, I'm teaching you to pray. When I first started learning to pray in my day, the people I around said, okay, you, if you're going to be spiritual, you've got to pray an hour. You've got to pray an hour. And so I'm like, pray an hour? Are you kidding me? So I said, okay, I can do this. So I, uh, the people I was around, I listened to how they prayed. And, and so what I said was this. The first 10 minutes, I told God everything from the time I was a little boy until the, where I was at that point in my life. 10 minutes. I asked him, I for, confessed every sin, asked him for everything I could think of in the first 10 minutes. And I got 50 more minutes left. And so this is what I did for 50 minutes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God, you are good. I know you can, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're good. I know you can, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
God, I, you are good. I know you can. Thank you, Jesus. I, thank you, Jesus. No, did I? Jesus, I said, thank you. And I repeated those words over and over again for 50 minutes because I was told I had to pray an hour. Now, some of you have a different background. Yours is Catholic, and you were, you know, uh, saying the rosary over and over again. Some of you, you know, different. You had to say the Lord's Prayer over and over again. And we thought because of our many words that we would be heard, but that's not true. He says, pray honestly. Look what the Bible says here in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, pray continually. Let's read those two words again. You ready? Come on. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, now notice that he says in all circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean for all circumstances. It just means whatever you're going through, you just pray and give God thanks. Now, so what I want to share with you is this, is that we all know how to pray continually. Remember, remember when we were like in middle school and high school and we had a test to take? Remember that? We knew how to pray. Every person in this room learned how to pray back in middle school, right? Because you prayed before the test. You're like, oh, God, help me. When the teacher gave out the test, she's like, and, and you was taking it, like, oh, God, give me the answer. Like, oh, Lord, help me. Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And then after the test, you're like, Lord, let me pass that test. Oh, God, let him give me a, let me at least get a C. Oh, God, I'll take a D. Right? You prayed before the test. You prayed during the test. And you prayed after the test, Right? You pray continually, right? You were praying for two days continually about that test. So here's the deal. Is don't just pray when you're in the test. Pray when you're being blessed as well. Amen. Amen. Pray all the time. Pray continually is what the scripture says. Remember? Because what we said is this. Ready? Prayer is a game changer. Let's say it. Ready? Come on. Prayer is a game changer. It is a game changer. All right. Number three. Would you write this down? How to pray. The third thing is this, is pray expectantly. Pray expectantly. Look what Jesus says. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is what? Okay, so that means that you're never going to see God. If you're looking for Him, like in a physical form, you're never going to see Him. If you did, you'd probably, be, you'd probably die. So if you ever think, okay, this is God, then you're in heaven. You know, just think, oh, Lord, I, it's done. I'm over, you know. Okay. Truth. <laughs> I see the bright lights shine. <laughs> All right. And he goes on and says, then your father who, is, who sees what is done in secret. Now, let's read those three words out loud. You ready? Come on. Will reward you. Now, I have a question for you. What are you expecting from God? I got a question. No, no, no. Listen, no, no, no. I'm talking to you. I'm getting between your skin and your makeup. What are you expecting from God? Because you might be getting what you expect. See the problem there? You might be getting exactly what you expect. In 1924, there was a seminary, which the seminaries were they trained pastors at. It was called Dallas Theological Seminaries. It, it began in 1924. Just like every organization, it went through its struggles. And it went through a very tough financial time. Matter of fact, so much so that at lunchtime, 
that day, they were going to shut it down. All the creditors were going to take it over. It had already went into foreclosure. And so at that time, the president of the college, he said, he called the, the board. He said, listen, we're going to come in and we're going to pray this morning. And it was one of those kind of prayers where people stand in a circle and they hold hands and this person goes first. And then after he says amen, this person goes and they go around the circle. And while he was doing that, they, they began praying. There was one guy there. His name was Harry. Harry Ironside. That's his true name. Was there. And he was in the circle and it became his time to pray. So somebody squeezed his hand, and he said, and this was his prayer. It was documented. He said this, Oh, God, we know your word says that you own the cattle of a thousand hills. So, God, we need you to sell some of those cows so that we can get the money and pay the bills. <laughs> true story. It's true. It's documented. When he prayed that prayer... Right after he prayed that prayer, there was a knock at the door. The secretary was still there in the front office. She opened up the door, and as she did, there was a cattleman there who said, Listen, I just come from Austin, Texas to Dallas. I sold two carloads of cows. I was going to make a business deal, but it did not work out. And on my way back, I just felt compelled that I need to come by and bring this money to you. So he gave her the check. She runs into the area to where the president and all those people are praying. And she interrupts them. She hands a check to the president. He looks and he sees on there that it's a ranch, a rancher's name on the check. He recognizes that. And when he recognizes that, he says, okay, guys, you can stop praying. He says, Harry, God sold the cows. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? Come on, give God a hand. Because prayer is a what? Prayer is a what? It's a game changer. And see, God is up to something when it seems like he's up to nothing. Prayer is the game changer. That's what the disciples learned. That's why they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer is a game changer. So I have a next step for you. It's on the back of this card right here. It says, I will make prayer a priority in my daily life in 2019. If your life's going to get better, you and I have to learn to pray. And you have to pray more. Pray continually, right? All the time. That means you can be talking, you can be talking to somebody and still praying at the same time. Do you know that? Do you know while I'm talking to you in my mind, I'm going, oh, God, you better help me today. I mean, I'm, not, I'm serious. Like, I'm praying. Like, like right now, there's a conversation going on with me and God, too. That's why I stumble sometimes. I'm like, what would you say? <laughs> Prayer is a game changer. Now, here's what I want you to know that's so important. The next thing I want to share with this verse with you, look what it says. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. He says, do not worry about anything. Instead, okay, read what's underlined out loud. You ready? Come on. Pray about everything. Okay, what does everything not include? I mean, that includes that, that zit on your nose, right? God, I got a gorder on my nose. Help me. You ever prayed that prayer before? It means that. He goes on to say this. It says, tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his what? Don't forget to thank him. You guys love seeing them come up. You know it's almost done, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's like, hey, get him off of the stage. <laughs> it's truth, isn't it? <laughs> if you do this, you will experience God's what? Peace. 
God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His what? Peace. Will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So here it is. You ready? The level of your God expectation will determine the level of your peace. The level of your God expectation will determine the level of your peace. The reason that, a reason that a lot of us right now do not have any peace is because we don't expect anything from God. We don't expect it. And so we have no peace. And so what I want to tell you, there's, a, there's, there's something here that, that's very important, and that is this. You see, when you thank God after you get the answer, after he does something, that's gratitude. When he answers your prayer and you say, oh, thank you, God, that's gratitude. But when you thank God before you get the answer, that's faith. Amen. And the Bible says it's faith that moves God. So here's what I want to tell you. Is that in order to do this, in order to make this happen, we have to learn to, to, to pray the prayer, and then we have to learn to give God thanks in advance. Every night uh, before uh, Rhonda and I go to sleep, we have this thing that we started, a ritual we started about five or six years ago. And I will reach over and, and put her hand in mine, and I pray. We pray for each other. We, but the prayer is really this. It's like, it says, I say, God, thank you for Rhonda. She's a great wife. Thank you, Lord, that she's a good partner in this life you've given me. And she's a blessing. She's a good mom. She's good. Thank you. And then... I go into this part. I used to say this. I used to say, God, for my children, this is my daughter, Caitlin, here, my son, Tyler. I have a son named Tyler. And I used to pray, God, wherever they go, Lord, you get them. Don't you let any, you get them, God. Don't you let nothing, don't you let them go where they shouldn't go. Don't let, uh-uh, you get them, Lord. And I used to, about everything, I said, God, I'm begging God every time. No, no, not anymore. Now I pray this every night. I say, God, I thank you for your will happening in Caitlin's life and in Tyler's life. Amen. See the faith? God, I know whatever. You're going to work their life out. And then I, then I pray for my brother, my brother TJ, who has pancreatic cancer, stage four. He was not, given five months to live last August, or the August before last. Now it's been almost 18 months. He's still doing good. And you know what my prayer is every night for him? It's not God. I don't pray. God, heal him, for, heal him from cancer. I say, God, thank you that you have healed my brother from cancer. See what the difference? See that? See the difference? Look. Every night, every night, I pray for you. Every night, every night, every morning, every night, I pray for you. You know what my prayer is? It used to be, God, take them up. Take them up. Take them up. God, help them all to get better. Take them up. Every night, I'd pray that. But now it's not that. Now it's God, thank you that the people of SEC, their lives are going to get better this year. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in everyone's life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. And I'm expecting, that's why when I see you, I'm looking at you. I'm looking in your eyes and saying, is it getting better? Because when you come in like this, I'm like, God, now we got to do a little better on this one. Right? But when I see you doing good, you're not doing good all by yourself because of the bald-headed preacher that's praying for you. Amen? Amen? And you're praying for you. So I'd like for us to practice today. I'd like for you to stand with me. All of you in the upper room, please stand. 
we're going to say something together. Now, what I want you to do, it's important. You gotta, this is very important. I'm asking you to think about that big prayer request you got right now. I'm not talking about the zit on your nose anymore. I'm talking about God. My marriage is about to fall apart. I'm talking about God. We don't know how we're going to make it financially. I'm talking about God. My parents, oh God, have gone crazy and, and you've got to help. God, my children need you. The, the big prayer that's God, you need it now. God, that child, Lord, I, we want a baby, oh God. All of those things, the big prayers. You got it pictured in your mind? You got it right there? Your prayer is different than mine. You got it? What we're going to say is this. We're going to say, thank you, God, for the answer. See that? We're going to thank him. We're going to have faith this morning. Faith moves God. So let's, let, on the count of three, I want you with your eyes closed, I want you to say, thank you, God, for the answer. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Thank you, God, for the answer. Come on. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.